Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back to another edition of Football Theory. I am Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. I am joined by Lifetime Longhorn and Football Theorist for Inside Texas. Also, you can uh, catch his work, his great work over at uh, the uh, Substack. He's the author of America's War Games. Go check that out as well. Uh, it's my man, Ian Boyd. What's going on, Ian? How you doing, brother? Doing good. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, are you man. Are you ready? Uh, I'm not rested. <laughs> For those who don't know, I just had a baby girl on, I don't know when this will be posted, but uh, on Monday, Monday night. Uh, so uh, that was, she was like 814 that happened. So yeah, since then, not a lot of sleep, but hey man, we're excited. Um, we're having a lot of fun. This is my first. So I, you know, I know you're a vet at this. Any tips you got, just throw them out there. And many, I'll, uh, I'll gladly accept the wisdom, brother. <laughs> how many panic moments have you had? Oh, uh, already. Are they couple. supposed to breathe like that? Is that normal? <laughs> Uh, I already had a few because went to the pediatrician today, and then we basically like it was like these sick kids at the pediatrician's office, and I was just like, "Hey, should be around these kids. These kids are sick too." And then she was like, "Yeah, that's actually a good point." So she was like, "So I went outside and waited with the uh, kid in the car." Uh, so I had one of those freak out moments, and I had a stranger come up to me, and I had one was like, "Oh, like I was protecting, like, uh, yeah, my pediatrician said, you know, you shouldn't have." People coming up to the baby. I've already had these freak out moments. So uh, I, I'll learn that this baby is, a, I was told the baby's a lot tougher than you think. So I'll, I'll learn that. Uh, but right now, um, we're having a lot of fun. It's good. Not a lot of sleep. And the diapers, it's amazing. Like I, I've never uh, seen so many people praise uh, poops in my life. So apparently, this is a thing. So we have just been very happy that she's having a lot of poops. And I've changed more diapers than my wife. That's my goal. I'm going to be competitive. <laughs> So I nice. figure if I can, I'm not going, I'm not going to beat her in the end, but I figure if I can stay on top of that, at least early on, then I'm doing some right. So I'm already on it. I think I'm, I'm up like, I don't know, it's like six to six to four, something like that. <laughs> so we find ways to keep it competitive and keep it fun. But we're having a lot of fun, man. Our hearts are full and so are the diapers. So it's good. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, enough of that. I know y'all don't y'all didn't come to football theory to hear me talk about uh, parenting, which I know nothing about, but I'm learning on the fly. Uh, let's talk football. Let's talk football theory, Ian. Because uh, first, let's review the Baylor game. Let's talk about the Baylor game. What we saw in the Baylor game uh, specifically. I, okay, can I just say this about the Baylor game? And you let me know if I'm way off about this, because in that matchup, Sark. I mean, they started blowing out Baylor pretty early, or let's say blowing them out early. It was evident and obvious pretty early in that matchup that texas was going to overwhelm baylor we just didn't know it, it could happen and it did it started to trend that way especially with the lines of scrimmage because baylor just could not they just couldn't contend with texas in the lines of scrimmage both sides of the ball and defensively texas was so stout that yeah baylor just couldn't find a rhythm they couldn't put any consistent drives together so I think you started feeling more and more confident, almost arrogant and cocky about Texas in that Baylor game the more you watched it. But as Texas gets to a comfortable lead, and it's, like I said, it, they're starting to pull away from Baylor. Did you notice that Sark stayed in the bag, stayed throwing out a lot of creative, new, con like, not new stuff, but just creative things that he probably could have kept? The screen game seemed to be something that he expanded on. I've seen a lot of guys catching screens in that game late, and I thought they were great. They're beautifully designed screens, but he kept using them. The Jay Witt play that you brought up in the uh, in-game live watch, I believe, where he's the fullback and ends up catching the first down. I think it's like a 13-yard gain or something like that. Really cool play design. 
Uh, just things. I mean, there, there, there are a number of these things. I wrote some down that he probably could have kept in the bag that he didn't. Um, and I think Sark at this point, since he's no, he's about to, he's, he's deep in the conference play now, deep in it, but he's about to get deep into conference play now. That this is basically a campaign of misinformation that he wants to put now everything out there. You know, the double pass is almost like a part of the damn game plan now. <laughs> you see the double pass every week. I almost think that he wants to put as much stuff out there as possible now. We're past the non-con. Now we're in the conference. And I would like my opponents to – I think Sark calls it uh, we don't game plan for ghosts. Uh, game planning for all of these concepts, the multiplicity, the variety of Sark's offense in all of its splendor, when in reality what you're going to do is inevitably waste a lot of time, which you don't have because you're only allowed a certain amount of times to meet and practice per week. So I think now you're going to see Sark all in the bag. He's, he's trying his best to present as much variety to the opponent as, as possible so that they are almost inundated, overwhelmed with minutiae, trying to specifically decipher how is Sark going to attack me. And you'll probably get it wrong. The more stuff, options he gives you. Am I, yeah, what about my theory? Crazy? Wild? What is it? Well, because, you know, Oklahoma has been trying to prepare probably a little bit every week for Texas. That's the normal MO. And if you throw in things in the last two weeks that they haven't seen before, then maybe it's like, oh, now we got to get this in. Now we got to get this in. Now we got to get this in. And you just kind of distract from their game week preparation. Like I'm half expecting them to come out against Kansas and to throw in a whole lot of new stuff that they have no intention of actually doing against Oklahoma. Totally agree. <laughs> just to, just to make them add it. Like, yes. well, now we got to add this in and then it just distract. Yeah. Just one more thing to, to take away from their, uh, from their preparation. Back in the day, it, it felt like Texas would always hold back for Oklahoma. Yes. That's what I'm saying. That, that was the old school mentality. Like, no, we don't, yeah. we, we don't want to show them anything. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, one year garage. I mean, Mac was really more known for that, but there was one year where they went in there and they had this package with Duvernay in 2019 and they were going to put Duvernay in the backfield a lot hmm. and they hadn't done it all year. Yeah. And it was, it was so bad, Rod. It was so <laughs> bad. They just like kept putting him in the backfield for different things. And it's like, Oh, I wonder why they're doing this. Yeah, exactly. They put the ball to Devin Duvernay. <laughs> and it, it went, it went, just really, really. Oh. And he played that position. I remember Tom Herman said he played the H position for the hybrid because he was supposed to be a hybrid player, but they never really, it never materialized. None of those guys ever, he, he recruited hybrids like Jake Smith, and, but they never became actual hybrids, even though that's what the H stood for. That's, if Tom Herman was to tell it, that's what he said. But I'm yeah. with you. So I, it's just a different mentality. I remember. I was reading an article. I want to pull up the quote because I don't want to misquote because it was actually really good. Um, and the quote was from a, a former director of analytics for the Atlanta Falcons. Because the Atlanta Falcons are probably one of the most diverse personnel, uh, you know, if you got, in terms of personnel variety and diversity, they're probably one of the most diverse in the NFL. They just throw out a ton. Um, and so does my man Shannon and Kyle Shannon. But he said this, he said, if defenses prepare for an offense by primarily studying each personnel group separately, 
the more groups and first and, and formations offenses utilize that a defense prepares for, the quality of the preparation will naturally decrease as time is a constraint. So it's just, I think it's just, I, honestly, I think it's an analytically kind of based mindset where now nah, we know, but think about time. Time has to be a factor here. They, they're only allotted a certain amount of time based on the, the rules for the CBA or NCAA rules to practice and meet with players. Hell man, if, if, they, if they do try to address everything that we have put on film, they're going to be ill-prepared, underprepared, and they're going to know a little bit about everything. But if we just try to, hey, let's try to dissect exactly and decipher ex- exactly what Sark's going to do, you know, what he's, what is he going to do in 12 personnel? How is he going to use this group, that group? And then you really pinpoint it. You try to be, you know, I'd say specific in your prognostication. If you hit, great. And you predict, you know, how he's going to attack you, great. And then Sark's got to try to adjust on the fly. But if not, then you got to basically go into the game and scratch your game plan initially. And considering how ver- versatile and how diverse the offense is and how multiple it is, the chances of you getting it wrong in your prediction are, are pretty high. Like your chances of being right and hitting on how Sark's going to attack you are they actually start to shrink more and more as he starts to unveil more of this offensive, you know, this, this really kind of now at this point, it's, it's more than a gumbo. We're talking about, I used to call, I used to say Sark's offense was an amalgamation of cheat codes and conceptual signatures. And that's kind of Kansas offense isn't far from that either. With no, they, yeah, they are very multiple. They, yeah. um, I had them pegged as primarily like a stretch team, zone stretch team, but against BYU, they mixed in a GT counter, um, some like duo looking plays or mm-hmm. tight zone or something. Um, they have some sweeps, they are very, very diverse. Um, I think a lot of that is afforded by the fact that they can, uh, they have a lot of veterans in the offensive line. Now they have a lot of guys that they, they have like two or three guys in the line that transferred from Buffalo. So they've been coached by the same staff for a while. Ooh, that's big. And, um, and then they can always add quarterback run keepers on the backside of every play. Cause Jalen Daniels is a good runner and a, and a sturdy athlete. That you know what honestly, if if I'm just looking as a football theorist and I take the quarterback run game out of it, that's your because with Jalen Daniels zone read they'll they'll run option they'll run, they'll run speed option, uh they'll yeah, run yeah. modern they'll run like a modern triple option too with them at times. I mean you're right yeah. he's just a savvy runner. If you take that out of it because Sark's not big in the quarterback run game, even though Quinn Ewers is starting to scramble, and now you got a game plan for that. And by the way, Ian, I believe Sark's encouraging his now confident young quarterback to say, Hey man, if you got it, take the grass, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to necessarily build it and bake it into the game plan, but if they're going to offer that to you because they don't respect you as an athlete and they just going to, everybody turns their back on you, just take the easy grass, which he's doing a lot more now, a lot more. And now as a defensive coordinator, you got to go, all right, damn it, man, guys, stay disciplined in your rush lanes. He is a chance that he, when he breaks the pocket, he actually could run for that first down, which he has done now a few times. And he's run in the red zone. He's been, hell, I was outside the red zone. I think the last touchdown that he had versus Baylor. Um, but I, anyway, yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, but getting back to it, if you take that, that, that element out of it, Ian, I think honestly, these offenses, if there's any offense in the big 12 that is similar to Sark's 
it would be this offense taking the quarterback run game out of it because it's so multiple, the shifts and the most. I, I read a quote from Colton Nicky. He was asked about – they were asking, like, what's, what's, what do you call this offense? Like, what is it? Like, describe it. Tell us what the hell it is. He said, um, basically, it's all about – for us, it's all about distortion. He said, it's all very pro style. He said, no different from NFL offenses, moving players around. And he said, essentially, they call it the Kansas offense. <laughs> That's what he calls it. The, whatever. He said, I don't have a name for it. He said, you can call it the Kansas offense. If I'm going to give the elevator pitch, I think I've said this before. I'll tell you, it's a multiple pro style offense that uses spread concepts, e emphasis on multiple, emphasis on pro style in the sense that we use a lot of different personnel groupings and put them in positions to be successful. And he also said, we put a lot on our players in terms of them learning the motions and shifts. Because he said they have a lot of motion shifts and a lot of different splits with their receivers, meaning compressed and condensed sets. Sarks, a lot of compressed and condensed sets, a lot of shifts, a lot of motion, a lot of pre-snap movement. Um, and per now, Sarks more diverse now in personnel groupings than I think he's ever been as a play caller. Um, with now using 21 still, but now the 6-0 line, Big 12 package, 11, 12, uh, you know, you throw it out there, and now you see the empty formations, targets to motion. I, I think that's just my opinion. I think they're very similar schematically. That may help Texas in that mat in this matchup. It's almost a, the right way to go in college for a lot of teams because the practice time is – you have a lot of practice time to install stuff, but the, the defenses have too much to prepare for to really – get it down Agreed. it's not like the nfl where things are a little more uniform um in college you face you know the triple option maybe one week i mean that's less so now but there's just the diversity of offenses and personnel is a lot greater and you also have college kids that aren't necessarily putting in the time to study on film and and master all their tendencies out of different formations. You know, the sport is becoming more professional, but it's not there yet on things like that. That's and um, the only thing with an offense like that is you can get into trouble in like a rivalry game or a playoff game or bowl game after a lot of prep. If the mm. other team is either super motivated or have the time to really scout out all your different deals then you yeah. can get into, you can get into trouble. I like but, what you uh, said about the players, though, man. You're right about them not watching the film, not yet, not yet. Yeah, that's a professional thing. Yeah, maybe if it's like the Big Twelve Championship game, then they're like, you know, encouraged to skip class all week and just, you know, grind film. But when it's the week before the rivalry game, no. Yeah. No, you're right, because Jade Barron and Jalen Ford are two guys we know just based on their responses and media availabilities. They watch a ton of film. They, they've talked – Jade Barron has talked about presenting his individual game plan to the coaches. Like, hey, this is, this is I think, how they're going to attack us. This is what we should do. This is our strengths. It, it's, I love that. He said he wants to be a defensive coordinator one day. Love that. Jalen Ford talks about the chess match within the game, learning. I want to know why opponents – are making the audible. I would like to know why they're why the motion and the shift 
in that play? What was it meant to exploit on the defense side of the ball? This is a guy that's thinking the game through. And that's why I mean, you can see the fruits of their, their labor, right? Return on that investment. But you're right. Not everybody's doing that. In the NFL, damn, everybody's doing it. That's your job. Not everybody. Most of those guys in the NFL are professionals that are doing it. At the college level, I don't know if everybody's putting in that time outside of the film study that you do with the team. I did, but I don't know if everybody does that. That, And I can tell you right now, on our team, not everybody did it. And, yeah, yeah so that's a great point. And these days, it's more and more uh, multiple. Right? More and more things you got to study as a defender anyway. Speaking of that, uh, we just talked about Jaday Barron. Something I want to get into that I noticed in the Baylor game. Shout out to my man Bobby Burton because he saw it in the in-game live watch hosted by my man E. Hogan. Uh, he and Jerry Hamilton were talking about it. When Did you notice when Baylor went heavy, which is two tight ends most of the time for them, one back, 12, well, one back two tight ends, 12 personnel, they, Texas would counter by taking Jade Barron off the field and going their version of 40 personnel, which for those who don't know, it's just four DBs on the field. You don't you take off your nickel, which your 50 B, it's four DBs, and then you got seven front seven uh, defenders. Um, I think, and like I said, I, I'm not going, I'm not questioning or criticizing PK. He's done a marvelous job. So I don't want this to come off as, oh man, Robbie was getting on PK. He was not. Um, but don't you think, Ian, it'd be better served to put your day bearing at one of the four defensive back spots that you have there and take somebody else off the field? Yes. Uh, I was talking about this a little bit on the live stream Tuesday night when I had to uh, fill in for you. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> they, uh, they, we were talking about that. I, I can only reason that they're like, hey, we should get more snaps for Williams, get more snaps for Keaton Crawford, keep him happy and engaged, um, get snaps for Jet Bush, Mo Blackwell at Sam. Mm. They in a and and I think they knew that they were going to kill Baylor. Okay, and it was pretty clear early. In, I believe I want to believe that they have a J- Jedi Baron at field safety option. Package. Yeah, for when they need to get big and they don't want to take their best player off the field. Um, okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Didn't feel like they had to show it against Baylor. That that'd be my that'd be my guess. No, that's uh, fair. That's but, fair. But but I, I mean, it better be there, right? <laughs> well, Kansas will test it. If I'm Kansas, one of the first things I'm doing 
I, and by the way, they don't they they're gonna do it specifically just for this because they they run tw- twelve personnel and they throw out of it. They they run yeah. twenty one personnel and throw out of it. They they truly believe in present power personnel packages and pivot to play action pass principles. They do it early and often. Which by the way, something Sark does. Which another similarity between the offenses. But if you take the day bearing off the field and when they go heavy, he's gonna be off the field a lot because they throw out of heavy. And if I'm Kansas, I, I if I see that early on. Oh man, I, that's attack those linebackers in coverage, and that's attack those safeties in coverage. And here's the thing: you can even put Jaday Barron at the boundary corner because I, I'm not. The teams are attacking Ryan Watts, right? I mean, that's they're going after him. By the way, they went after Rod B. I was opposite of Quentin Jammer and Nathan Basher. You think they threw at Quentin Jammer and Nathan Basher? No, they threw at this dude. So a lot of y'all were saying the same stuff about me that I'm saying about Ryan Watt. So it's fair, right? They're attacking, they're attacking this guy. Yes, they're attacking. So we got to attack somebody. So they're going after him. If you're going to take uh, a DB off the field for heavy personnel package to counter that, why not put him at boundary corner? I think you can handle that, right? Yeah. You can do yeah. that too. It's, it's very similar to nickel, really. Like anything physical at boundary corner is certainly the case in nickel, except for uh, maybe press coverage. Yeah. I don't, don't press as much in the nickel. Yeah. Boundary corner. Um, I don't know this week. I haven't seen the numbers on the Kansas runner uh, receivers. I don't know if they're like, I don't know if speed is, is the threat. I think when teams are picking on Watts, it's because they've got, like Baylor had some really fast guys. They did, yeah. And uh, who else? Who else took a shot on Watts? It was Alabama, or uh, I think he kind of he kind of locked up Alabama. Yeah, he did. He locked up Alabama. Um, I want to say it was was it Wyoming that came after a little bit, but it was on the short. It was shorter passes, right? Um, maybe, it was, yeah. maybe it was Rice. Yeah. I uh, no, well, I mean, I think Alabama took a couple of shots, but they yeah. just couldn't come. Anyway, the the thing with Watts is just like the thing that's going to be a deal when he wants to go to the NFL is just that he doesn't have the, like the, the top speed. If you can get some separation on him, he's not necessarily going to get there if the throws on time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I would like Baron to replace him in a game where a team goes heavy and then they're throwing outside to speed from him. Like, like Texas would do. Yeah. But I don't know if that's Kansas or not. No, you're right. That's, I agree with that. They don't have. I may, a, want, I may want Barron in at safety, if I have to keep him on the field against big, so that he can kind of rob the middle and. Yes, and, totally yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. You want his football IQ? He'll be able to see the play develop better. I'm with you on that. That's a great point. I agree with you. Yeah, and I'll say this too about Kansas. I, I believe they, they'll if they go heavy and, and try to throw the football. Um, sometimes they'll go spread sets out of heavy out of their 12 personnel because they like their tight ends in the passing game. They may decide to go sometimes bunch into the boundary, to your point, and get Ryan Watts playing off and then try to get a speedster there to run right by him mm. and make it attract me that way. Because that's what Baylor did. He played one of the deep balls he gave versus Baylor. He was, he was playing uh, – he was actually off. And he was, he, was bail, he was a bail technique. Yeah, it was just you're supposed to I mean it's you got a running start on the bail technique. You're supposed to stay on the upfield shoulder, and the guy still was able to get it. So I think teams he's a good, he's a good player. He's a good player. I'm just saying teams are going teams are looking for any way to attack the Texas defense because there's just not a lot there. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things te they, teams have seen. They're going, you know what? We might go after that. So I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, I wonder about the Jaday Barron conversation. I agree. I think you're right about them having an, an alternative uh, option. Uh, let's get to more uh, Kansas discussion here because I want to talk about the um, the Kansas defense a little bit and Texas matching up against the Kansas defense. I I like the secondary from Kansas. I do. I think they actually have some good players. Kobe Bryant is probably the most uh, notable one, the most recognizable one. Um, but they got some some good players, good young players in the secondary. Texas should let's say dominate, win this game, and be able late to pull away from Kansas because of the lines of scrimmage, um, specifically their defensive line versus Kansas offensive line. Um, but getting back to the Texas, the Texas ver offense versus the Kansas defense, what are your thoughts about how Texas is going to attack this Kansas team? I think they could go both ways. Against Baylor, everything worked. I mean, there really yeah. was no plan of action. They just it, – it all worked. The whole playbook was open. I think Kansas will try to take something away. Um, I don't know if they can, but they will try to take something away. Um, do they trust their young DBs against Texas? Lethal. I mean, they, I mean, they got to trust somebody. You got to. That's it's going to have to be the corners, right? The corners are going to have to get so. some trust. Yeah. I mean, there's no one else. You can't. The thing that Texas can do that is just kryptonite for college defenses is that when they want to, they can get really spread and they can flex JT Sanders around and uh, just hunt linebackers. Yeah. And, and make linebackers and safeties be like first responders in the past game, you know? And <laughs> it's just that's kryptonite for college defenses. They're just not I good mean, at it. Yeah. And that's why Jalen Ford stands out so much when, when he picks off passes and when he gets in passing lanes, is you're like, hey, the, they're trying to pick on the linebacker and it's not working. Like, you just yeah. imagine the offensive coordinators just like pushing the button over and over. Like, why is this not working? <laughs> uh, and Kansas' safeties are kind of big run stoppers, and their linebackers are uh, not like quick guys, like change of direction wise. And uh, I've seen I've seen them multiple times on film, especially when they zone blitz, mm -hmm. get lost. Like one yeah. guy's trailing his guy a man, and then the next guy's in zone, and someone's running free into a new uh, <laughs> chaos. Just chaos. Yeah. So it, that's kind of like a perfect storm. Texas could just throw to Wit and throw to Sanders and and to the running backs in the middle of the field, and just just create chaotic hell for Kansas. So I think they may try to have to play a little smaller than they're used to, to get a little better coverage on the field. Um, they're going to have to leave their corners kind of alone out there. Probably play like single high. Uh, yeah. And keep a safety in those crossing route ranges to help. And uh, I, I think that's what they kind of have to do. I don't think there's really another path for them, right? Yeah, that's why I think they 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 believe they can score on offense and we'll get to their offense versus the Texas defense. I think they're confident with Jalen Daniels they can score on offense. We'll see if uh, that's foolhardy. But 
they they can't afford to get a shootout shootout. I don't think they want to get it. And maybe they do want to get in a shootout. But I, I, don't think, I think they can get in a shootout versus the Texas defense. I think they know lines of scrimmage-wise that's going to be tough because it'll put Jalen Daniels in, you know, under duress constantly. I think they do, you know, they know defensively with the new rules. They can kind of – they would like to force Texas to get into long drives. And they want to score quick. I think they have a plan to score quickly on offense and they want Texas to get into long drives on offense. And then by, by the fourth quarter, that'll end up being a tight game. And then they can go win it in the fourth quarter. That's their hope. Cause I think if Texas, cause Texas can score against them. I think that's can happen. I'm not sure how much they can score versus the Texas defense. That's going to be interesting. Cause this is the best, the best offensive identity that Texas has faced so far this year. They yeah. do everything, right? They do, man. I just go right down. They do basically the modern triple option. You talked about it. They got the zone read, they got the read option, air raid, pistol. Um, I mean, you, brought, you talked about all the run concepts they're running now. I mean, they've expanded the, the run concepts they run. Um, man, they love power sets, but they also run spread sets. They are wildcat. I saw in the game versus BYU, they'll throw it out there too. I mean, there's it is pretty much a greatest hits of all the great offensive, uh, you know, philosophies and concepts from the last, I don't know, 70, 80 years. And he's just kind of throwing them all in. I like that. I'm putting it in my offense. And what that's why it's really call, tough to stop. What did you call the Boise State offense? Oh, it was a, it was a Seinfeld offense, a show about nothing. It was just, yeah. <laughs> Vance, I think Francis is the same thing. It is. It's very similar. Very yeah. similar, man. Which makes it it does that does present a challenge to a defense because where do I start? I need a starting point. Usually I'm like, all right, I'll take this away. I'm taking that away as a defensive coordinator. With when you when you did with Texas is even easier, right? You're like, I gotta take X Man away. I gotta take J T Sanders away. At least you know where to start. With Kansas, you really don't know where to start. And I guess Jalen Daniels is where you start. And maybe you don't go to the concepts. You just cut the head off the snake, and that's him. Here's my biggest concern with Jalen Daniels, because and then we're kind of close to ending this thing. His ability to extend plays and still when he's scrambling and when he is um, extending the play, he's looking to throw. Really, his last instinct is to be a scrambling quarterback and running to get the he's first. Trying to stay healthy. And you know what? That's probably it too. Maybe, and that, that, that shows you that he's a smart runner, though. He's a responsible runner. That's my big concern, Ian, because I've seen Texas get beat deep at times this season, but it's not, it's not anything to be concerned about. Bama did it a few times, and then we saw Baylor do it a few times. Only thing that worked, by the way, for those two offenses in those games. And I've also, I'm also, as a DB, I know how tough it is to maintain coverage for longer than four and a half seconds, five seconds. And he can routinely make you cover for half to six, seven seconds if he's extending a play. Texas has to have a plan for that. He's different than a Jalen Milrow as a runner in that he is going to try to extend the play just to get it downfield. And you got to actually guard against that too. And I think that's, that's big on the edges for Texas because he does that when he breaks the pocket and he runs down the line of scrimmage to find that extra time. Yeah, there's like – um. I, I'd say he's actually a little more dangerous than Milrow. Yeah, because, because he'll throw. Um, there's there's Daniels. 
looking for opportunities and then needing to create opportunities. Mm. And I think if Texas can make this a game where Jalen Daniels feels like he has to try to conquer the world on every play, then it that style will get very feast or famine. Mm-hmm. And he'll scare you a couple times, but they can't beat you. But if Kansas can stay ahead of the chains and not feel like, and he can play without feeling like he has to make magic happen for them to score. So he can just create those opportunities and only take the shots if they really feel like they're there. Yep. Then that's, then you're in, in the danger zone. And it can look very similar when it's happening, but his decision-making of like, do I try this? I got to, we can't run the ball that today mm. versus uh, maybe I'll just scramble for three. Maybe I'll throw it away. I'll look for another shot later. We were okay. Yeah. You're right. The, the, the risk, the high risk, high reward uh, version, the cal- for him making that calculation as a quarterback, depending on the circumstances situation. I'm with you. And if you talk about, you talk about first down, um, their uh, rate of achieving a first down on first and second down is about 37%. Shout out to Stats War once again, doing a great job. Uh, 23rd in the country. So you're right. Stopping them early, getting them in a desperate situation. You want Kansas desperate. Um, and then, you know, really their, their playbook shrinks a little bit when they're a desperate team. But I think it's going to be fun. I think these are the two most they're- uniquely creative offenses in the Big 12. Yeah, yeah. In my and their protection also, their protection's not very good. Um, the, the offensive line's been together forever. Their old line. Yeah, but. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not disputing your point. I'm just saying, I wanted to get the stat about, they had two, 220 combined starts on the old line. But like I said, I'm not saying that makes them good. You can have that many starts and be subpar. But they are veteran O-line. So. They're, they're, they're not bad. But they, they have some guys that like, I mean, they're just not going to hold up. I know. If they have to, if they have to drop back. If I'm Texas in this game, then I I've I've got two very divergent strategies for like standard downs and passing downs. On standard downs, I'm telling everybody, stay home, rally to the run, don't let them contain on the option. You don't want to deal with all their option stuff. Just give them a give read. Make the quarterback give the ball. Make them run it into Murphy and Sweat. If you're a linebacker and you get a run-pass conflict, take away the pass. Make them try to run the ball. Mm-hmm. If you're late, okay, maybe they'll get a nice 5- to 10-yard run. But maybe also they just don't get anything because they can't block Devondre Sweat. And I'm just playing very conservative so that they can't get into their bag and do all these shenanigans. Yeah. But then on passing downs, I'm lighting them up. Because you know what they're gonna do. Um, uh, yeah, exactly, right. You know they're predictable passing situation, and because you're like they go. I'm sending the heat. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna even spy that much. I'm man coverage. Send the heat. If he gets by you, chase him down. If Jalen Daniels, if he runs the ball 20 times in this game with a bunch of scrambles, that's almost definitely a really bad sign for Kansas. If he gets to like 20 carries, that probably means that he was running for his life. And yeah, he's, he's not going to. You're right. Their quarterback running game is selective. They, when they do have design runs, they don't run them like yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's the, the ticket with Daniels and this team. 
Um, no, I'm with you on that. that. I love the test for the defense because this offense really tests your eye discipline. They're going to occupy your eyes at the second level. That's you talked about uh, with all the pre-snap movement, all the pre-snap shifts. That's a big part of it. They should be used to that because that's what Sark does. Like I said, so the defense to me will not be shell-shocked by a lot of things that, like I said, occupy the eyes, put defenders in constant conflict. That's what Sark does. It's an occupy eyes, put second-level defenders in constant conflict offense with the RPOs and the pre-snap motion shifts. So Texas should be defensively ready for all that, but uh, seen in real time, and nobody does it, honestly, as well or better than Kansas. I mean, it's crazy to say that, but that, that's how good that offense is. Um, so I can't wait. It's going to be uh, an offensive. Are they um, the uh, – I mean, they might be – they might be one of the most likely teams to, for Texas to play again in the Big 12 championship. That's crazy. But it's, I'm, I'm with you, but it's crazy <laughs> that we're talking about Kansas. Like everybody's like, man, uh, this might be the best, gonna be the biggest test for that Texas defense is the Kansas offense. This has been a three hours. How long? How long? It's been three years. Lance Lee has been there was three years, right? This is fourth year. Yeah, I think he's on the same timeline as Sark. He is. I, 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 his is more remarkable, but it's. Because what they, I think they, before that, I mean, we all remember what Kansas football was, and now, wait, wait, he may have been there in 2020. You might be right. Because be right uh, his predecessor was was Beatty, right? Ooh man, don't have me talking about Kansas coaches. Was Les Miles in there somewhere? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> when there less Miles era, I think we got like, I think we got. Two years, all get that. two years of miles, and then he was gone. Oh man, yeah. We, I, hey, trust me, I, they all want to forget about that. That less miles era of Kansas football. But either way, my, my, my point is that Lance Leopold, he's a hell of a coach, um, and that offense truly, truly impressive. And I think this will be the showdown, like I said, the two most creative offenses. So, as a football theory show, uh, my man Ian will be paying close attention and we'll talk about it uh, in depth on the next edition of Football Theory. Ian, thanks for the time, brother. I appreciate it, man, as always. You bet. All right, uh, folks, uh, join us next time for another edition of Football Theory. For Ian Boyd, I am Lifetime. He is also a Lifetime Longhorn, but I'm a Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Hook him.